This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. All right there, Bible thumpers. Put away those Bibles. Put away those uh, King Diamond records. Well, what I should say is put away those King Diamond records and break out those Bibles. It's time for the Striper Album Countdown. Now, is that a good enough name for Hollywood? Uh, that's that's a good enough name. I mean, it's kind of cool to uh, you know be at the Rockin' Pod, and this year we got an opportunity to go like to a separate room and record live. And, you know, there was 10,000 people watching us. Uh, So it was a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, so, you know, if our listeners have no unearthly idea of what the hell we're talking about, here's the bottom line. We went to Rock and Pod recently in the last couple months, because when you hear this, I don't know when you'll be hearing this, we recorded live, and since one of the guests was Michael Sweet, we decided to do a Striper album countdown. So we ranked our 10 favorite Striper albums from least favorite to most favorite. That's about right, isn't it? And some of the crowd agreed with us, and some not so much. Yeah, well, you know, you and I didn't agree with each other. We were, we were off on two major points. Yeah, but, you know, Striper music, if you haven't been a fan since day one, you missed a lot of great music. And if you think that Striper is just honestly and calling on you from, you know, 86, you'd be dead wrong and you need to give Striper another chance because my guess is it could be some of the heaviest music you own. Oh, for sure. And uh, one big surprise, which you guys will find out when we get into this uh, countdown, a uh, huge surprise for me because it gave me the opportunity to revisit records that I haven't listened to in a while because some of the stuff just, you know, you don't get to things every day like you used to. So it had been some time since I revisited some of the Striper records and uh, found a couple of surprises in all that. And it also gave me uh, opportunity to get a little bit more acquainted with two or three records that Quite honestly, I just wasn't that familiar with. So it was awesome. I'm glad we got to do it. And I think uh, the recording came off great. I thought it was a good time. Yeah, pretty interesting. We go from being in two different places and patching it together to being in front of people as we're kind of not looking at each other and we're not really looking at the crowd. And I think I was just kind of looking at dead air or something. It was weird, but uh, I think it came out good. Yeah, I thought the chemistry was good. I thought it was fun, and uh, I think the folks that were there enjoyed it. So uh, hopefully the listeners will now enjoy it. You got anything else to add to this before uh, we we share this with these folks? Uh, Feel free to comment that my list was correct. Thank you. (laughs) There's no way people are going to agree with your list. You had one big foobar on there that just nobody's going to agree with that. 
it was a surprise to me, but uh, unfortunately, like all of us already know, Hollywood's a little bit extra, and so he'll he'll come around eventually, or maybe he won't. I don't think he probably won't because, let's face it, you're you're too old to uh, train right now at this point. As uh, Terry Glaze would say, it was my opinion. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it. You guys enjoy the Striper record countdown ranking, whatever you want to do. Please uh, comment and let us know whose uh, order you agree with. You probably disagree with both of us and you have your own order. So feel free to comment on the Facebook page and we will catch you guys on the next episode. So see ya later. Hey guys, this is Michael Sweet from Striper, and you are listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen and Sonny. Growing Up Rock Podcast live broadcast. My name is Stephen Michael. This is my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney. And we're happy to be here. So we thought that it would be a great idea, since Michael Sweet is one of our guests at Rockin' Pod 3, that we personally would rank our favorite Striper albums. So that's kind of how we're going to approach this little piece. Is that right? Notice that we have a chair in between us because we will not agree and we will start duking it out if we don't have a chair between us. <laughs> so Son- Sonny and I are both Striper fans and we haven't covered a top 10 or anything like that on the show. We did an interview with Michael back about, uh, I don't know how long it's been now, six months or so. Uh, with Michael Sweet, and it was a great interview, and we got a chance to kind of explore where he came from and what some of his influences were, but I think Sonny and I, we both came into Striper at different periods of time, but we're both pretty big Striper fans, Uh, so we thought, yeah, why not? We'll cover that. So for you, Sonny, when did you first get into Striper? When did they come onto your radar? Uh, MTV, MTV, Hell with the Devil, the videos that people kept calling in to request, request, request. And then uh, the first time I saw him was August 87. And I've seen him seven or eight times. And uh, Striper is one of my top 10 bands. So I absolutely love Striper. 87 was that the Hell with the Devil tour? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. For me, I think I read a short album review of the yellow and black attack. And if I recall correctly, I think it was called Metal Hammer or Metal. It wasn't Metal Edge. It was one of these lesser metal magazines at the time. 
and it wasn't Krang, I remember that, but I read a, a short piece on the yellow and black attack, and I said, okay, sounds up my alley, I'm curious, I'm going to go check this out, and that's where they came onto my radar. I went and picked up the, the cassette of yellow and black attack, it was on Enigma or one of those off labels, I think, if I recall correctly. And I had to go back and listen to that record to do these rankings this time around. And it was a different story when I went and explored that this time around. We'll get into that. But that's when they first came onto my radar. I heard loud and clear, and I was like, okay, I'm in. Uh, And so we went on from there. My first experience in seeing Striper live was, like him, it was 85, 86, and I saw... Uh, the Hell with the Devil tour and Hurricane opened up. So that was the the build that I got when I saw them. Yeah, for me, uh, Loudness and TNT opened, so it's kind of cool to have Harnell here. I like his build better. Yeah. My build was cool. I got to see Hurricane, but uh, Loudness and TNT, I'm much bigger uh, Loudness and TNT fan than I am a Hurricane fan. Does that still happen? I think back in the day, it seemed like the West Coast and the East Coast always had different opening bands. Does that still happen now? Yeah, I think so. I think bands sign on for different legs of the tour. And uh, I know I missed, yeah, it's all about money. And I missed Y&T opening up for ACDC. I told that story to Dave Menachetti because for years I didn't see Y&T as a Y&T fan. And it took me till like, what, two years ago to see them live for the first time. So, yeah, it happens all the time. But great concert. I was blown away. They played, uh, I saw them here in Atlanta as a matter of fact, and they played the... Uh, well, we're not in Atlanta. I'm sorry. We're in Nashville. That t- tells where my... <laughs> I was going to correct saw, you, but, you know... I, I saw them in Atlanta, and I saw them at the... Uh, what was the old Civic Center is where I saw Striper. Uh, so, yeah, it was a great show. All right, so the ranking, I'm going to go first, and I always complicate things. So the issue is, is that I'm a huge Striper fan. So I had to go back, look at every song on every album and say, all right, the song kind of is eh. I gave it like a quarter of a point. If it's listenable, I gave a half. If I like parts of it, but I don't like parts of it, I gave it a three-quarter of a point. If it was good, I gave it a point. If it was one of my top ten, it got 1.25, and then I came up with this mathematical formula, right? So if you don't agree with my ranking, I won't. you can send me an email at Hollywood. I'm not going to pay attention to it anyway at <laughs> email.com. All right. So my 10th album starts with Yellow and Black Attack. You want to start the booze now? Because <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, the production just sucks. I can't get past it. Like I, it, When you listen to other Striper albums, it doesn't even hold a candle. You can tell that they're close, but there's some cheesy stuff on there a little bit. I think Michael will probably tell you the same thing. And we said we were going to pick a fave song off of every album, too. But I will tell you that my favorite song on that is You Know What To Do, which is probably the best song on there. Uh, number nine, I went to Murder By Pride. There's something about the guitar. Like, the guitar is low in the mix. So it kind of completely, like, takes the crunch out of it, which is really, really weird. And then, like, Eclipse of the Sun, which opens the album, it sounds like a demo. Right, So it doesn't really hold a candle to some of the other stuff. I love the Peace of Mind cover. There's no doubt about that. But uh, my favorite song on that is Four Leaf Clover. Number eight. All right, you guys ready to boo now? <laughs> Soldiers Under Command. Oh, my God. Come on, give me the booze. 
Are you I'm a on. moron? I'm on. Holy I'm cow. On. Dude, there's some cheesy songs on there. Dude. There's some cheesy oh songs my God. on there. I'm sorry. Okay. This is true. Let me tell you, to you guys that are new to the podcast, this is in true Hollywood fashion. This dude, he's uh, 90% of the time, he's online with what he's talking about. And he's and the other 10% of the and, time, I'm just right. And, and the other 10% of the time, he's so out of his freaking mind. This is why we have to be in different states when we're recording in most cases, because I can't. I can't fathom this guy's musical taste sometime. It's unbelievable. And so you'll find when we go through this, as he just told you, Soldiers Under Command at number eight, did it make it? He's it was number eight. He's completely wrong. Here, he's I'm insane. even going to tell you the points I gave it. 1.25 for Soldiers Under Command, because that's one of my top ten songs. 0.75 for Makes Me Want to Sing. Together Forever and First Love got a half a point. Rock the Makes Me Roll Reach Out got 0.75. Waiting for Love This Real and Together as One, each got a half a point. Surrender got a point, and the Battle Hymn of the Republic, which is just stupid, got a half a point. Let me ask you guys something. I don't think it's a stupid song. I just think stupid they did it. Let me ask you guys something real quick. Do you guys overanalyze your music when you listen to something, or you just listen to something and go, yeah, I like it? Yeah, but if you're going to rank it, you have to analyze it. I can rank stuff. I'll listen to it and I like it, or I don't like it. Bottom line. You can strip something away, but I think when you start stripping songs down and stripping stuff away, you lose the entertainment factor of music. This is science, baby. Oh, my God. All right. All right, move along. (laughs) All right. So, anyway, my favorite song on Soldiers Under Command is Soldiers Under Command. Okay, so number seven, I was at Reborn. This is the reunion album. This album's kind of a grower for me. Like I had to listen a couple of times to really kind of get it going. It's a little experimental in a few places, but I like the heavier version of In God We Trust when they redid it. But uh, my favorite song on there is when, when Did I See You Cry. Six is 2015's Fallen. The After Forever Black Sabbath cover kind of sucks, actually. Did I say that? Yeah, out loud? Yeah. Out loud, uh, yeah. The production's awesome. Uh, Yahweh's a little weird to start with because it, it kind of... Like when you first put it in, it's like, okay, what the hell is this, right? So I don't know if I would have started with that song. I would have actually opened with Till I Get What I Need because that's actually my favorite song on that album.
fifth one, in God we trust. So I like the brighter production. I know everybody says they like commercialized out or whatever. I actually like that. I think, you know, there's not that classic punch that they became known for probably a little bit later, but uh, always there for you. I mean, it's a radio hit. Like, you can't you can't get past that. Lonely is a great song. It's a great song, Caton. It's a great song. Lonely should be one of the biggest ballads of the 80s. We were having an argument about that yesterday. But anyway, my favorite song on that is actually The Writings on the Wall. Number four, No More Hell to Pay. See, I'm getting, now you're getting to where my top three are going to be. Gritty, heavy. I mean, this is the Striper that if rockers don't like Striper or metalheads don't like Striper, this is the album that you should listen to. There's no way you could not like Revelation, Marching into Battle. My favorite song is actually the title track. And I like the uh, cover of Jesus is Just All Right. That's a good cover, too. Number three, Against the Law, baby. That Shining Star cover is too good. Michael Sweet hates this album. I don't know why, because I think it's awesome. And it's, you know, right before the breakup thing. I get it. It's not as faith-based. Who cares? Rock the People probably is one of my least favorites on the album, but my favorite is not that kind of guy. Can, can somebody go get Sweet in yeah, here and let's on. find out why here. he doesn't like this album? Because this was one yeah. of the surprises for me when I went back and started listening and doing all this research for ranking my records i know exactly why he doesn't like the album he said it out loud he also used science it didn't sell <laughs> so he used science too see everybody used science not just i feel this blah 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 <laughs> um all right so <laughs> my second favorite 2018's goddamn evil latest album if you have not gotten it it is incredible the valley immediately went to number two in my top 10 love that song there's really not a bad song on that album, but my number one had to be To Hell With The Devil. There's no doubt. My favorite song, Striper song, is More Than A Man, and uh, everything about To Hell With The Devil is all Striper. That's why I love Goddamn Evil so much, because it seemed like it was kind of the sister album to it. So there you go.
Fantastic. There you have it. Hollywood's rankings. People were telling me, oh, soldiers are going to be your number one. I'm like, yeah, that, no. From his, least favorite, <laughs> from his least favorite to his top favorite, those are his rankings. And you'll be surprised to know that we're actually not that far apart on this. Oh, and then so, I must be wrong. Let me go back and change it. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that Sonny and I, we didn't share each other's stuff. So I had no idea what his ranking was, and he doesn't know what my ranking is. So I just went through and laid everything out on a table and spent the last week really digging into each record because some of these records I haven't listened to in a while, you know. I mean, like I said, I've been a fan for a long time. I just haven't visited. And some of these records I wasn't familiar with at all. Some of the stuff like uh, Reborn and Murder by Pride, I wasn't that familiar with. I My bang zone for Striper was Hell with the Devil, Yellow and Black Attack, Soldiers Under Command. That was my bang zone. That's where I came into it. Hey, let me ask this real quick question. <laughs> when you guys started listening to Striper, you discovered Striper, did you feel like, if I listen to these guys, maybe it'll offset the Black Sabbath and the Ozzy that I listen to off a little bit, and maybe I won't be in so much trouble? No. Yeah, I, I did because I was raised Catholic. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we're taught to be uh, kind of one way or another. But So it, it offset me a little bit, but that's not really why I listened to it. I listened to it because I like the guitars, and that's what drove me towards it. So I'll start with my number 10. I know it was supposed to be a solo record for Michael Sweet, and they made it into a Striper record, but Reborn. Reborn just doesn't do it for me. Uh, I listened to that record probably three times in a row this past week. And although it's not a bad record, I just don't, it doesn't sit well with me and the rest of the catalog. So that fell to number 10 for me. My favorite song off that record, much like Hollywood's, is When Did I See You Cry? I think that's a great song. Number nine, and I told you guys this was my entry point into the record, but it is number nine instead of number one or two, but Yellow and Black Attack. And it's strictly because of the production. Listening to that now, Yellow and Black Attack, is almost like a, a demo tape. I mean, it's very tinny. There's no bottom end to it. Loud and clear. I got to go with that song being my favorite off that record because that was the very first striper that I ever heard. So, Yellow and Black Attack fell to number nine for me. Number eight, Murder by Pride. To me, this is just a little bit of a weird record. It sounds a little bit different. Mercy Over Blame, I love that song. I think by, by far that's probably my favorite song off this record. But, and again, there's a lot of great stuff on Murder by Pride. It just, it's, I can't put it above some of these other Striper records for me. Number seven, In God We Trust. What? Not a big fan of In God We Trust. <laughs> just a poppy record. There's some okay songs on it, but it's just a poppy record. Just turn his mic off. That doesn't do I it know, for me. Right? Where, where did that fall for you? Uh, it was uh, five. Five. Yeah, absolutely not. No. No <laughs> way. Always There, I think, is a well-written song. I think it's a great song. That's probably my favorite song on the record. You mean For You? Right, always, always there. What did I say? Always there for you. For you. Yeah, always okay. there. I shortened it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So on to number six. No more hell to pay. To me, uh, this is where 
Striper started. Striper went away for a while, and they came back. And these series, these last series of records that they put out, like Sonny alluded to in the conversation, they're really solid rock records, really good stuff. And that stuff drew me back in. And so it sort of started for me with "No More Hell to Pay." Love the song "Sympathy." Think it's a great song. A little bit further down on the album track, but I think it's a great record. And for me, that falls at number six.
Number five for me was the biggest surprise when I went and started doing the research for this and deciding where I want to rank my Striper albums. Number five was the biggest surprise for me. I had always had Shining Star, and I thought Shining Star was an awesome cover. I thought it sounded so great. But I wasn't that familiar with the rest of the record. And if I was, it had been like a passing thing where I listened to it at the time it came out and kind of went on a shelf. So I had to dig that back out. When I dug that back out, I was like, this album's awesome. So that was the biggest surprise for me. It's a little different than Striper. It's much more groove-oriented, much more groove-oriented, but a great album nonetheless. I got people outside trying to distract me, but I'm not distracted. You're easily distracted. That's true. Just them being outside and you noticing <laughs> distracted you and you just said so. So, so Against the Law is definitely number five for me. And now he's standing in the doorway. I love it. <laughs> My favorite song off that record is the title track. I like the song Against the Law. I think it's an awesome track. What, Against the Law? Yeah. So that was what I was just saying. Hey, <laughs> All for One's great. Love it. So, great album. If you haven't checked out Against the Law, go back and revisit that record. Groove-laden, solid, tight-sounding record. Really sounds great from a recording perspective. That ended up at number five. I couldn't put it ahead of these next records simply because these next records, to me, are they're phenomenal records. Number four for me, Fallen. Fallen's an amazing record and falls in line with that, with these last like four records that Striper has put out. I think, and I've said it before on the podcast, I think that they're doing probably some of the best work of their entire career right now. So that's why this, this band to me is still a valid band uh, in today's age. And so my, my song off that record, I love The Calling. I think it's an awesome song. Number three, Goddamn Evil. Holy shit, that record is good. If you guys are not familiar with this last record that Striper put out, Goddamn Evil is awesome. And I actually, although I like all the stuff on the record and it's great, I actually like the title track, Goddamn Evil, because I love that pocket music where there's kind of a really good tight groove and uh, a good riff to latch onto. And Goddamn Evil is a little bit different than the rest of the record to me. It's more in that vein of like a Van Halen, ACDC-esque riff type thing. And so I love that song. I love the title. I love everything about that song. So for me, that's my favorite song on the record.
Number two. So it came down to number two and number one for me, and it was soldiers under command and, and to hell with the devil. I think probably you'd find that with a lot of Striper fans, but those, those are my one and two, unless you're an idiot like Hollywood here and goes, soldiers under command, that's number 11. She's, I mean, come on, Soldiers Under Command's amazing album. If you guys were here last night, you saw Michael jump up there and do Soldiers Under Command with the rest of the band. It was phenomenal. I lost my shit when that happened. So for me, it was down to these two albums, and I kind of balanced them out to see which one did I really like better than the other one. To Hell With The Devil had a couple of tracks that I liked a little less than some of the stuff on Soldiers Under Command. So my number two and my number one, don't care. Number two for, for me is To Hell With The Devil. My favorite song off that record. Sorry, dude. Send your hate mail to I Am Hollywood at a moron. <laughs> my man That's Kayton. why I know he's wrong. <laughs> my man, Caton. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so To Hell With The Devil is my number two, and the song that I love quite a bit on that record, I like To Hell With The Devil, the title track, but my number, my favorite song off that record is probably The Way. I like The Way quite a bit. So that brings us to number one, Soldiers Under Command. Just a phenomenal record. Yeah, it might be a little dated in terms of the songs, to Sonny's point, but it sounds great to me. The production is great, and that lead-off track... When the needle drops on that lead-off track, how can your brains not be blown out by soldiers under command? Sorry. Love it. The best song on the record for me, hands down, Soldiers Under Command. And who, who, wasn't, who wasn't loving that album, the black and yellow, freaking cool-ass van and the guns? I don't know how Christian the guns thing is, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love that? So, for me, Soldiers Under Command, number one, and that's where Sonny and I were really far apart. But on the rest of our list, we're not that far apart, right? We even had, was it, was it just the one song that we had in common off of uh, Reborn that we liked? Or was it more than That one? was it. Yeah. When, when did I see you cry off of Reborn? Because all your songs were wrong. <laughs> This is what I put up with uh, pretty much every time we record. We have The Right Way, which is my way, uh, and we have Hollywood's way, which is the way that he views the world, which is nine times out of ten incorrect. Hollywood likes ballads, so, I mean... <laughs> Who doesn't like ballads? Yeah, see? You're on the wrong there. What's, what's the best striper ballad? Come on, you don't like ballads? A Japanese metal, whatever. I listen Honestly. to ballads when I want to go to sleep, people. I'm not wanting to go to sleep when I'm wanting to listen to my rock and roll. Well, if you don't like ballads, more than hell to pay should have been your number one album. Listen, 8 o'clock in the morning, I listen to Yacht Rock because it's nice and it's quiet. But at 9 o'clock, it's time to rock. And I don't want to listen to my rock bands do ballads. So hopefully you guys kind of see where I'm going with that, right? If I want to listen to a ballad, I'll listen to the Eagles, or I'll listen to Air Supply, or I'll listen to something like that. I mean, for God's sakes, who wants to hear Striper do a ballad? Okay, so let me help you here. At 5.30 in the morning, I listen to Black Label Society. I save my ballads and Yacht Rock for things I'm doing around 10 o'clock at night, which obviously he doesn't do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and there you go, baby. Which, 
There you go. Listen, listen, I kid a lot on the podcast about ballads, but we did a ballad episode, and there's a lot of good power ballads out there. I don't like the typical power ballads that were the big hits. I like probably deeper tracks uh, to a lot of stuff. And truthfully, if you're going to listen to a ballad, Striper is probably one of the better ones to do it simply because Michael Sweet's voice is amazing still today. Uh, he's an amazing singer. The other singer that can sing the hell out of a ballad that's here uh, this this weekend, Tony Harnell. His voice is still awesome. So, huh? And Bismarcky? Yeah, Bismarcky is not who I look to for a ballad, but, you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. So, uh, oh, you, <laughs> you got what I need. Oh, God. Make it stop. <laughs> right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So hopefully you guys are having a <laughs> Oh baby oh God, stop it. You. Dear God, make it stop. <laughs> so if you guys don't know about our podcast or you're not familiar with the Growing Up Rock podcast, I'll just give you a quick synopsis about what the podcast really is about. We, we spend time doing uh, themed and interviews and we kind of switch it up, but when I first created the podcast, it was all about revisiting what I called the growing up rock years for, for people. And growing up rock years to me is when I first hit high school and started, you know, having actual friends like you hung out with on the weekends and things like that. You started sharing music back and forth and really kind of catapulting you into the direction that you would go with music and your musical taste. So that's kind of what growing up rock was for me is, is those high school years because I didn't start out. I wasn't a metalhead right off. He wasn't a metalhead. He had MTV. My period of time was way before MTV. And way before me, by the way. Yeah, way before me. Way. <laughs> when, you, when you say my first Striper album was goddamn evil and that was your entry point into Striper, it's like, yeah, I was way before you, but yeah. Yeah, I came into the uh, to the rock and roll scene probably the early '80s. Uh, I'm I'm 53 this weekend. It's my birthday weekend, so welcome to my birthday bash. This is the only true birthday bash, by the way, and I'll show up. <laughs> wow, he'll pay you three bucks to show up on Monday and say happy birthday. That's all. Yes, sir. Fifty three on Tuesday. There you go. Wow. What do you do when it's Friday and your birthday falls on a Friday? Why? Be Friday the 13th, right? Yeah. 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 All right. That's all I'm saying. So that's good. Um, Did you notice that he didn't have friends till high school? Did you catch that part? I caught that part very, very quickly. I don't have friends today, so don't let him slide you. He's not my friend today. We walk off the stage and we go to separate dressing rooms. That's right. That's why we do it on Skype. He says something stupid. I just put it on mute and go, Jesus. What's great is when we're recording, I can hear Hollywood. Because Hollywood's typing away at shit while we're talking. I'm like, are you even listening to me? All I hear is like clicks on the keyboard when we're doing this stuff. But I mean, that's basically is just getting in touch with uh, some of those earlier years and earlier memories. And we we try to focus on hard rock and metal from the late 70s, 80s, and 90s. But then if we hear something today that reminds us of something from that 
period of time will absolutely uh, follow that band. And there's a ton of great rock and roll out there. If you let anybody tell you rock is dead, it's not dead. There's great music being made today. Goddamn Evil is a perfect example of that. Striper's a band from the 80s that's still making great music today. So I urge you guys to keep supporting that. We got anything else? Time to wrap it up. You guys can find the Grown Up Rock podcast every Sunday afternoon. It's released wherever you listen to your podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, TuneIn, Schmoogle. Whatever it is you guys listen to podcasts, go find the Grown Up Rock podcast. We're right at about 107, 8, 9, 10 episodes, somewhere around there. We'll be releasing an episode. So let me plug this episode. We're, been, we're going to be releasing an episode uh, tomorrow, Sunday. I did an interview. You guys remember that band, Little Caesar? Yep. Anybody remember that? They did the, um, the R&B cover, the Aretha Franklin tune, Chain of Fools. I did about an hour and a half interview with Ron Young, the singer. And it is an amazing interview because <laughs> this guy, even if you're not a Little Caesar fan or know anything about Ron Young, listen to the interview because I didn't know the story of Little Caesar until I started investigating because I knew I was going to talk to him. His story is crazy amazing. Like he had this whole battle with David Geffen listen to the interview you'll be like he he tells some great kiss stories they were on tour with kiss in the hot in the shade tour and he tells some great stories that he he had kind of witnessed between uh gene and paul and gene and gene's mom backstage in new york and just he's got some fantastic stories and it's a really really great interview so go go check that out when it comes out tomorrow afternoon uh you'll enjoy that because it's a good piece of uh of conversation between the both of us so that's it thanks for all the comments and support appreciate it guys thank you get ready to shuffle rattle and roll play us out boys
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.